the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation. The true church rapture comes pre-tribulation followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you again for joining me with Season Watch. And I just want to start with prayer. Um, Jesus, we just thank you coming into this um, precious time of year where we're celebrating your birth and we're thinking about the gifts uh, that you gave to us, the free gift of salvation to anyone who wants it. And so we pray, anoint us for this time and use us, Lord, for your kingdom. And we just want to entrust all our cares to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm taping this before Thanksgiving, so it feels weird. But I just pray that you had a great time with your family and your friends. And this is really a fun time of year for just diving into the Christmas season and as we go about shopping and doing all kinds of things, seeing family gatherings for work, I just I just urge you, as I said last week, that hearts are tender right now at this time of year, and they're tender to the things that matter. We all have people in our lives that have not accepted Jesus, or maybe they did a long time ago, or they don't seem to be walking with him, or maybe they just weren't told the simple gospel. And I want to encourage you, no matter how shy you are, not to let this season of opportunity pass, especially of all people. We must intercede for our family and friends. I mean, if not us, who's going to do it? It should be us. So pray that the Lord gives you openings to talk to the people in your life and pray your mindset uh, is prepared to throw out a little bait to see if the fish are nibbling. You know, if you tell God that you want to find opportunities, then his responsibility is to create them with your willing heart. And then a moment will happen and God will put a thought on your heart and you just cast it out there, right? And then boom, you get a hit. And before you know it, you can share the gospel or encourage them or tell them something that they need to hear from the Lord. And so, um, just some opening phrases that I like to keep in my tackle box. Sometimes I'll just ask people, hey, do you, do you have a faith? Or I'll say, do you believe that Jesus came to save us? What do you think about that? Um, or have you ever thought about how maybe God can help you with the things that you're dealing with right now? Or did you know that God loves you and has a good plan for your life? And the one I really like to ask a lot is, let me ask you, if, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Um, I tell you, when I ask people that, they're honest about it. And that's an opportunity. And just let the Holy Spirit lead you. He said, open open your mouth and I will fill it. And you don't have to be a smooth talker or some intellect. 
You don't even have to be particularly bold. You just have to be willing. And whatever God puts on your heart, be faithful to do it. You could trust him because he knows your personality, right? And he's responsible for the results. So, um, And then if you get a chance, tell someone the simple gospel. There's a lot of ways to do it. But, you know, our sin separates us from God. Heaven's perfect. We can't go up there with our sin nature. And so Jesus came and paid the price for our sin. He washes us of our sin, but it's a free gift. He hands it out to us, and we have to accept it. We can't just wait and see what will happen. It's a gift you have to accept. It's like when a, uh, someone asks someone to marry him. You know, you don't just leave him hanging. You give an answer, and that's what Christ uh, expects of us. So help your friends to see that that's the determining factor, and then go from there. They need to try to go to church. Maybe you can invite them to yours or encourage them. Start reading the Bible. Remember I said you open up Luke and take a look at Luke again in this Christmas season, and they'll see things they recognize um, from this time. And people's hearts are ready. So just be ready. Um, if you can, try to memorize some scripture. Scripture Knowing scripture is really helpful. Sometimes I just paraphrase uh, almost the exact same thing. It just flows better. And just be ready. And the Word of God is powerful. So try to get that in your heart. And um, also, sometimes you may have things that you're dealing with. You have questions about creation or evolution or things that when you talk to a particular person, they say, no, 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 they don't believe in God for particular reasons, maybe. Uh, or they go to a, a church that doesn't have a clear, give the clear gospel or uh, whatever their background might be. I just want to urge you, go ahead and email me your questions. I talk to people a lot about these things, and I've encountered a lot of things. I think I can help you with that answer, and maybe I'll do a special one day of just answering questions about creation or you know religions of different kinds, things like that. So please email me. You can go on KPRAY's website, and you can uh, contact me there. You can go on my website mywordsforhim.com and email me from there. But uh, go ahead and send them in and uh, we'll either do a show or I'll answer you directly, see if I can help out. But friends, uh, you know, we have to be faithful because the generations before us were faithful and uh, we have to model them. That's how we know about uh, Jesus is because they've been telling us for 2,000 years. So uh, otherwise, what good are we on earth if we're not going to be here uh, to represent God, right? So... Um, And just think about this Christmas season uh, with renewed awe for the majesty and wonder of the king of all the earth. He humbled himself. Uh, He humbled himself for just us, just us. I don't think I'm that big a deal, but he sure did. And that's incredible. In fact, it's too incredible to be a human invention. Humans did not come up with this plan. We never would have done it. Uh, this this God that became a baby who was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. His tremendous love for us is so incredible. It should just let that light your hearts, fill your hearts afresh. Let it flow out of you with great joy, right? The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And that if we aren't showing these things, then do we have the Spirit of God with us or are we giving him free reign? So please, who knows, this could be our last Christmas on earth. Make the most of it. Don't regret the time, okay? So anyway, let's get with the program today. By the way, if I could just mention again, uh, you want some inspiration, please check out my book, The Lost, A Story of Christmas. You can get it on Amazon, and I think it will inspire you for this time. So maybe maybe check that out. So here we go. Fasten your truth belts. Things to come 
all eyes on Israel. So we're going to see how far we get today. We've been talking about the prophecies that describe the last day conditions. Jesus and Paul and Peter describe many of these. And we've gone over in the past episodes that there's this clear shift that suddenly shook the world in 2020. And that there's this fault line separating all of history from the past uh, from this new era that we're seeing. And we're seeing the world shift uh, to all these new things, chaos and and global narratives and losing our freedoms and to global mandates, economic instability and all these crazy things that are happening all of a sudden. And uh, most of all, we're seeing a great shift from of democracies to tyrannies, which is so strange. One after another, we're seeing this. And by the way, we have to pray for Brazil. I don't know if you even have a clue what's going on, but uh, apparently um, the the election results of their recent election put in this guy, Lula, who just got out of prison, um, and the Brazilian people aren't buying it. They think the elections are corrupt. Millions of people have been protesting down there. And uh, this is a, a great economic country. This is a, a good country and that has had a democracy, and we just have to pray for them. Uh, one more going down that road of tyranny. And this is what we're seeing these days, that the these globalists are siphoning off money from the people. And they're using it to install the tyrants or the smooth-talking Marxists that they want in charge because they're trying to collect all of their um, power into a global body. They want control, right? And so we've discussed this also, the shift in culture that we've seen that Jesus warned about. He described the conditions of the last days before his return. We see that in Luke 17, 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So Jesus describes the last days just like the days before the flood. And we're noticing there's this like arc of time from the beginning to the end of humanity. It's satanically driven towards evil. Genesis describes the moral conditions of that time in chapter 6, and it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, for the earth was filled with violence through them. And then it says, For this reason that God destroyed humanity, and he only preserved the faithful and judge the Wiccan, which is what we know is going to be happening. We have already talked about the great surge of vile wickedness and cruelty inundating the whole world right now as we speak. And uh, we don't even see any comments from the media or concern about these things, like the explosion of human and child trafficking, abortion, not just up until the day of birth, but even after the day of the birth. By the way, only America does this. Like, they just had a, a council um, uh, agreement again that uh, that abortion is not great. This is like many countries in the world say that abortion is not the right way to go, let alone after the first trimester. Why is America the focus of this evil? After being a Christian nation, you have to understand what Satan's doing. And so they're even promoting MAP, right? Remember we talked about that? Um, minor um, attracted persons and call it what we, we would call minor attracted persons or having relations with a child. We would call that raping children. And now they're trying to normalize it. Everything's getting out of we've got the genocide and the slavery of the Uyghur people and live organ harvesting in China. I mean, things are terrible, terrible human cruelty and 
persecution of religious and political dissenters all around the world. And so we've gone on and on quite a bit about this. And we want to remember what Isaiah 5 warned. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. And we're witnessing these conditions, just like in Isaiah 59, as it described, quote, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. And I think we're observing these things. If you're not seeing this, then you're watching the wrong channel. You're not making observations. Notice the patterns. You should be noticing. Things have changed. And these evils are exploding as no time before around the world. See, it's global. It's not just in a country here or there. This is global. And it seems to be under the cap of moving in a particular direction under this global elitist leadership. So, um, And the worst that we're seeing is America. Why? Because Satan has to take America, the nation that represents God, has to take him out or um, he can't take the rest of the country. So these things are unmistakable signs that humanity is devolving into that sort of debased, corrupt nature that the Lord described in the last days. So we're going to also talk about other prophecies that describe the conditions that lead into the tribulation. Um, Right now we're in that age that Jesus calls the times of the Gentiles, which has been in effect since the fall of the temple of Jerusalem. Um, And this is another sign given by Jesus to watch for for the last days. And we see this in Luke 21. Then, as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, see these things that you Uh, These things that you see, the days will come which not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations." And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So right now we're in the times of the Gentiles. And Jesus prophesied the the sequence of events. And, of course, that was we saw that fulfilled. The temple fell in 70 A.D., about 40 years after um, Jesus' prophecy. So um, right now we're in the times of the Gentiles, and it apparently continues until the rapture. And so we're watching these things being fulfilled as the focus also begins to shift back to Israel, which we'll go into detail. So right now we're seeing a remarkable convergence of timing between two main factors required to be in place before the tribulation. So there must be a worldwide shift from national sovereignty to global governing body, which we're already seeing now, and we're seeing the WHO, the UN, and these other global governances forming, and they're taking over the policies of the world. They're kind of dictating these policies. We're seeing certainly the rise of the climate policies. They just had this crazy meeting. You wouldn't believe they have the Ten Commandments of climate. They are planning on installing all of these um, dictates around the world. This is not, you have to understand, there's no more national sovereignty 
for any country who wants to participate in the global um, in the global economy. And so we're seeing that happen. And then at the same time, we're seeing the other um, requirement, which is that the attention of the world must be focused on Israel and the Jewish people must be back in the land. So we see that this process began after World War II, leading to the new state of Israel. So interestingly, never in history has Israel been the focus of the world, that little country, as they always say, about the size of New Jersey. And at the same time, the world is realigning toward a global governance. This has never happened before. And yet these are specific conditions described in the last days of the prophecy. So think about it. When people say, oh, they've been talking about the end of the world for centuries, you have to understand that the conditions have actually never been aligned before. So, yeah, they may have seen certain things, but not all of them like we see now. In fact, Jesus' return was impossible before now based on these prophecies. So looking at the first criteria, which we've discussed extensively, we can see that global governance exists throughout the book of Revelation. And clearly, tribulation will usher in the global body uh, and, and lock it in, and the Antichrist, which will have all power, right? So we look at Revelation thirteen sixteen through 18, um, and it describes the beast. It says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Um, And so, in fact, we actually see the description throughout chapter 13 that it is clear that the beast has authority over the whole earth and that he has created the system to control the whole earth. And by the way, actually, did you hear this week that New York is testing a central bank digital currency? Friends, our transition to the CBDC dollar is around the corner as Biden's executive order promised. We're about to go to a digital currency And it's happening pretty quick. Uh, Just ask New York. And once we fully transition, we will not be able to conduct a single transaction without full government tracking and control. It's just like China now. They're almost completely on the digital yuan. And as you know, by their social credit system, they can track every citizen, what they're buying, everything. I mean, they're locking them into their own apartments and not letting them out. And we see incrementally as certain controls come, the ability to track people, the ability to control their spending and track their spending, um, there is no freedom. It's slavery. And that's what they're looking for. And that's the conditions we see in the Revelation, uh, tribulation period. We see throughout Revelation that this is the condition. It's a global government um, and that you know, I'm not making this up. It's well documented that they're putting these things into into action here. So once the rapture happens and the tribulation starts, there will be a global panic and these systems will be joined globally with a flip of a switch, right? So they have to start aligning now because you have to get the organization into place. And then there you go. They're going to flip the switch and it'll be a complete global governance and 
that's the plan. That's Satan's plan. Remember, he's the one who's lining this up. It's his plan. He's using humans to do it because he'll get godlike powers of control, total enslavement of humans, the humans he hates because God made us in his own image. And so we can see that only now has the world ever been positioned for global control by a central authority. And throughout history, even the greatest empire only controlled the known civilized world, right? But now they have total control of the whole world, and we're going to see that locking into place. Uh, Daniel described a condition of the last days as the revival of the Roman Empire, which never technically ended, but simply lost unified central control, and it deteriorated into individual nations. But it was never defeated. It just kind of faded away. Um, However, God reveals through Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the great statue that in the last days, a form of the Roman Empire will be revived and have dominion over the earth. So that's the prophecy that basically the Roman Empire will be revived. And Daniel Daniel 2, 41 through 42 describes this empire as being divided like the ten toes on its feet. So this is an interesting characteristic, and the details will be divided into 10 regions. Did you actually know that these globalists have already established the 10 regions? And they're proposing that soon we need to eliminate national borders, right? And so if you look at, they want to run it the way, for instance, Europe and the European Union, they were, that was like their test case. So they've got uh, dozens of countries under the European Union. That's one region. And so here's the here's the 10 regions. We've got the USMCA, which is North America, Mexico, Canada Agreement. We've got the UNASUR, that's South American nations, got the EU already, and got the Eurasian Economic Union, the Arab League, the Gulf Cooperation Council, South Asian Association Regional Council, the Africa Union, Pacific Island Forum, and Southeast Asia. Ten. We've got ten already, and they want to use them to control regionally, to take down the boundaries. So we're on our way. And this division of ten regions is also described at several points in Revelation, but particularly in chapter 17, starting at verse 12. So we've got Daniel and Revelation talking about ten regions, which describes the consummation of the beast empire, which God allows for his ultimate purpose. So we see in Revelation 17... It says, ten horns, which you saw, are ten kings who have received no kingdoms as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? So here we have it, two places, that there will be 10 regions of power and that the world under the beast system um, will occur. And shortly after the tribulation starts, these regions will give all authority to the one leader who will be revealed as the Antichrist. So this passage also reveals that God is permitting these things, giving the world what it asked for, just as God gave Israel a king when they rejected his rule. And we discussed this earlier. They're giving the world what they want. They don't want God. They are going to allow themselves to be taken over by Satan. When you reject God, what else is left, right? 
But God ultimately uses this for his purpose. And in the end, the Lord will return with all of his saints to defeat the Antichrist, judge the rebellion, and establish the millennial reign. Woohoo! And that's, that's us. We get to come back with him after the rapture. So this description of 10 regions in the tribulation period appears to be aligning with today's events. And we know that the global government is a goal, a characteristic of the tribulation period, because Satan will finally be permitted to take over the world through his Antichrist and finally establish his dominion once the church is raptured, which is what we've been talking about these past episodes. So these are those labor pains that Jesus warned about. So we can look up. Our redemption is near there. Things are locking into place. Um, So as these global conditions are aligning, we're also seeing the focus of the world returning to Israel, which is also a requirement for the last day's prophecies from Jesus, as well as Daniel, Zechariah, Ezekiel, many others, so many others. And therefore, Israel must be back in the land before we could even consider these prophecies. Remember the earlier scripture we read, Luke 21, that Jesus warned the Jewish people would be scattered. And 40 years later, in 70 AD, they were, and the temple was destroyed, just as he prophesied. Isaiah 11 confirms that Israel will return in the last days. And we see Isaiah 11:10, And in that day, there will be a root of Jesse who will stand in the banner of the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again a second time to recover the remnant of his people. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So we see this prophecy is a requirement. And not only would Israel get its land back after thousands of years in exile and persecution. I mean, who does that? Nobody gets their land back, right? I, I'm a little French. I'm pretty sure I can't go to France and try to get my land back. <laughs> but the Gentiles would actually help escort the the people back into the land. And we see that in Isaiah 49. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. But God says, behold, I will lift my hand in oath to you, uh, to the nations and set up my standard for the people. They shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers and queens, your nursing mothers, and they shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. So we see that God orchestrated the return of Israel through the Gentiles, and we know that World War II was a big cause of that. And indeed, Israel was born in a day, May 18, 1948. So friends, we're going to pick up on this next time, and we're going to talk about how Israel is not only a sign for the last days, but that there are certain things fulfilled that that only Israel can do. By watching Israel, we see where we are in this prophetic clock. Until then, God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.